You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, ready sisters? Welcome to OK Sis. Hi, sisters. I'm Hello. Scout. I'm Mads. And we are the sisters behind OK Sis Podcast. And if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Welcome, welcome, we welcome. We already love you and we accept you with open arms. You are one of the sisters. Yes. I love that. All right. So, so we are in full swing. It is bachelor season again. Bachelor season. You guys know that Scout and I are giant bachelor stands. We are proud members of Bachelor Nation. Very proud members. Um, so Colton, Colton. Okay. So first of all, so we're going to do a little recap and thoughts about this. The first episode, which aired on Monday, Monday, three hours. Disrespectful. Yeah. That's way too much. Sorry. ABC. You're thirsty. Disrespect. Yeah. It was too much. It's a fucking Monday. Some of us need to go to work the next day. I need to just go to bed and need an eight hour sleep. Like, sorry. It was really crazy. I watched it the next (sighs) day on Hulu because I don't have cable. Um, so I was able to kind of like fast forward through all those live parts, live which was like shows. so much. I'm so surprised that they've never done that before. That was I know, a really interesting right. um, new installment. I like that it was a new way of doing it. It was just that. like a lot. It was a lot. Um, they could have cut that shit a, down to two hours. It was too like, promo y. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, look at the crowd here. And like Jason and, and uh, Blake, like they. They're so thirsty. I mean, they're I all thirsty. Can't. That's the I whole know, point. But this was like way too much. Jared and Ashley were there. But the fact that also, sorry, uh, Blake and what was it? Blake I and Jason. J- yeah. Um, we're in someone's home. <laughs> like they were just in a random person's home. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was so weird. Everyone else was at like a bar or a venue. And they, and they were, were just, just like in someone's, someone's home. home. And they're like an afterthought a little bit. Way too many proposals. How many I, were there total? There was, I think there's there two total. And then ben, ben Higgins surprised this one, like, super fan, and then she proposed to him. But he said no. He said yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um. So what are your thoughts around Colton? Are you a fan? Or are you not a fan? What do you think? It's been a bumpy ride with Colton. I and personally really love Colton. I'm actually coming back around. Okay, good. I think, so, loved him in Becca's season. Yes. Hated him on Paradise. He was just really confused. Very confused. I thought he was a bit of an attention whore. He was kind of um, playing the game. Campaigning for Batch to you be think? Bachelor. You think? I was really surprised when he was announced as Bachelor. I, I thought people hated him. I thought there wasn't that kinship towards him, but I thought people were super stoked about Jason or even about Grocery Store Joe, which I would have been like, no way. But... I don't know. I one he's way too young. It's he really, is really it's young. really weird that all the girls are like 20, 23 22 and 23. Well, because he's only like what, 26? He's 26 and the average age for for 
uh, the contestants is usually late 20s, 30s. No, there's it's like usually 25 to 30. Exactly. But when there's like a 22 year old like Corinne, everyone was like, what's get, up yeah, with that? Yeah, you need or to Or when um, that one girl, was her name Becca too? That one girl with the pixie cut hair. Who has pregnant season? now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Becca. Yeah, she was like 21. B-E-K-A-H. Yeah, yeah. She was like 21 on our season. Yeah. She and was... that was like a big deal. Her age was like a big deal. And he's like 36. So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I, anyways. I've been a fan of Colton the entire time. Really? I don't know why people don't like him. I love him. I think he's so great. I think he's super cute, too. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, of course. He's very good looking. Yeah. That's, I mean. And I really liked the girls. I like my first impression of the girls is pretty good. Yeah. The girls are solid. Solid. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. I mean. And we've got some like, you can tell there's a lot of genuine girls. I feel like like some of them are like, like, yeah. a, like a little bit like they're, they're solid. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, there's like the villain already being planted. What What's her name? Sure. We're Catherine. not going to know anybody's names because it's the first week. Catherine. Um, and then, no, Cassie. Cassia or Cassie. I don't know. But the girl who we first saw, the first promo, she's like the speech pathologist. Oh, I love Huntington her. Beach. Just, oh, my God. Her soul. She for sure wins. You her think? S- yeah. I think it's going to be. Uh, did you watch? Okay. So Jimmy Kimmel makes predictions. Oh, right, and right. He's been right every single time. And he predicted the last two are going to be Cassia and Heather G, the girl who got the first impression. Yeah, rose. I can see her going and all I can the see, way. I can see both. I for sure can see that. Um, and Cassia is going to win. She's just so relaxed and. She's a good person. Yeah. She's yeah. See, and she was so. Like, her dress was really down to earth and oh my god well, what about that sloth that was terrible was, did, did she, she did she go home i don't know i think she went home because it was weird it was really it weird was not sexy also when you take off the mask she said hey dude like, yeah no, no no not she not wasn't the right bringing move. the sex appeal not right the right move yeah i agree with that one that one was a little much in my opinion yeah also what was with all the teacups are they not serving wine anymore what's going on i saw that i was wondering about that and then i was like maybe some of them are sober no i mean it was everyone had a teacup well because also you have to understand that they are filming that first episode for they, the whole night for the entire night when they went night. home the next day when it was done the rose ceremony it was it was like it was like, noon. that's always how it is it was okay but it was literally like broad daylight it wasn't yeah. even like di- like the sun was rising it was like broad daylight i always feel so bad for the girls that get voted off the first week because if you think about it they put you, they probably like uh, quit their job. Yeah, they to quit be their job. They quit everything. everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and they were a, there for a lot like on the twelve line. hours. Yeah, Oy. all for the Insta followers all that for they the Insta did not get. That they did not get. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I'm super um, excited for this season. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good the, one. Um, coming up on this season, it was so good. Holy, they lose him. They Colton just runs away. I'm so. <laughs> who is he hugging? Who is he crying? And, and he's saying, saying that he, his scared. heart's broken. I don't know. Oh, what if he doesn't? Do you think he doesn't choose someone or someone says no at the end? Or maybe he doesn't choose someone. That would be so unsatisfying. I hope I never see a season where they don't choose someone. I agree with that 100%. That would be really That's just a waste of everyone's time. I agree. But you can't control the content. The content. Okay. Let's do the word of the week. Yes. The word of the week. So this is a word that I would like to integrate into my uh, daily lexicon. Mm -hmm esoteric esoteric it means intended for or likely to be understood by only a small number of people with a specialized knowledge or interest Ooh, so you want to be like exclusive with your knowledge yeah girl got it i want to be the only one that knows that knows what i'm talking about that's what my husband is he's very esoteric very esoteric he he, talks and he does and he thinks everyone is like on his playing level but but we're all not we're We're like outside of esotericness in that regard he talks about science and it's like a different language yeah we're all just like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't get Anyways, it. um but even if ba- I think that little batch recap was definitely esoteric. You For those that don't watch the you bachelor. You needed to have some specialized knowledge. If you didn't watch the premiere, then sorry, that was esoteric. Got it. So we're that's kind of cool that we've kind of already incorporated it into our Look weekly podcast. Look at us. Okay, current fixations. Okay. Um mine is the documentary called RBG. Oh, all about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, um, I need to watch it. I watched it. No, I don't know. I watched it on the plane okay. um, home from England and Berlin. Um, it's amazing. I I know that she's such an icon, but I never really knew her backstory. Right. And this documentary does such a good job. They talk about her husband and how her husband was such a feminist and like um, gave up a lot of his career so that she could rise in the ranks. 
Um, it talks about all of her wins. She's done so many court cases that went to the Supreme Court that was all about gender bias mm-hmm. and um, sexism and gender equality. Um, the cases that she's held are super impressive and have really paved the way for us to be paid equally, yeah. for us to have equal benefits, for men to have paternity benefits as well, yeah. stuff like that. Um, she's a fucking badass, man. She's rad. Although the only thing that I thought was really interesting about the documentary is that people gave her um, a lot of slack for not stepping down during Obama's last quarter so that he could so that he could appoint someone appoint someone and so now the problem is she's 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 old really old and and like fell on her hip I know and if she can't continue on then Trump gets an opportunity to pick someone to the Supreme Court and that would be his third person that he gets to pick which is yeah so in a in a way I can understand where that critique came from and I can understand Mm. why there's so much pressure for Supreme Court. So much pressure. Supreme Court justices to either, not pressure to die, but like pressure when they, like when they're about to die to like yeah. keep living. Yeah. Like it's so well, weird. She says she, they have to like, they have to just sanction out their lives in four year periods. Yeah. And she said that she would quit the job when she couldn't do it with full steam. But I don't know. I kind of think that she kind of should have quit when Obama, like, you know, like pass on the I baton. I think she knew that what was coming. I mean, we kind of knew like two years into Obama's second term, we kind of knew things were going crazy. That's true. Anyways, we need to see on the basis of sex. Okay. It's the fiction, not fiction. It's the, it's the movie about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like starring, what's her name? I don't know. God damn it. What's her name? I don't know. She was in the Stephen Hawking movie. Oh, Felicity Jones? Yes. Got it. She plays RBG. Oh, cool. Let's watch it. Yeah, we... I know we were trying to watch we it were tonight. Literally but just trying to watch it. Sorry. Tonight. Um, okay. But no, and I just bought a um, RBG's autobiography. I still haven't read it, but I've just been so inspired by her. She's amazing, and it's yeah. become like this whole cult classic thing where they have mugs and they have T-shirts and they have tote yeah. bags, and people wear RBG, RBG merch everywhere, and it's pretty cool. I mean, she probably has no idea what's going on. No, she knows. But she does. She know like the branding side of what's happened to her. I think she knows. She's oh, okay. on, and she's watched all the SNL skits oh, on her. She does? They oh, they film her it. watching the SNL skit oh, in the documentary. Oh, it's I mean, really great. Okay, I'm definitely need to check it out. Yeah, it's a Love good it. one, and it's pretty quick. It's pretty easily easy to digest. Okay, okay, go Mads. All right. So my current fixation is this woman. Her name is Juliet Lippman. She is the head of production at The Ringer, which is a sports and pop culture website and podcast network. It's founded by Bill Simmons. I don't know if you know Bill Simmons. I do not. Okay, he's a big sports guy, but he has a podcast. Um, the Bill Simmons podcast and he talks he's also like really into movies and TV and music so he incorporates a whole breadth of celebrity onto his podcast and he's a really good interviewer so I've I've loved listening to specific podcasts of his but she hosts a podcast called Bachelor Party which recaps each episode of Batch and also another podcast called Jam Sessions which comment on current pop culture moments so one I love her voice I could listen to it all day Two, I enjoy and comp- comply with every point she makes, and as a result, adopt adopt those viewpoints as my own. Okay, because um, she's very influential to me in that way. And then three, she is well informed, but lively and charming, and it's just a delightful experience. Okay, I'm gonna listen to her. She's great. I'm gonna listen to her. Listen to Batch Party. She makes some really great um, observations and recaps, and uh, it's right up your alley. You always give me the best podcast to listen to. I, you know what? I'm gonna toot my own horn. I listen to the best podcast yeah you've got a really good library going i on. have the best diversity i have the best podcast for whatever mood you want to be in oh my god what mood you are in and you would like to perpetuate that mood or a mood you want to be in oh my god like if you want to feel inspired if you want to learn something if you want to turn off your brain i know the podcast for you girl you're crazy i should start a service so like i should i should set up a google phone number that you text me what podcast to listen to that's kind of like what heather gordon said that we could do with her wine sommelier stuff yes like the exact same thing. i'm actually gonna do this because people ask me all the time which podcasts okay can you write me a list of course thank you okay sisters my goal these days is to always look put together when i leave the house nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that i just want to look put together and feel good about what i'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way 
when I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring-summer collection, and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Okay, so should we talk about where we're going to be this Saturday? Oh, yes, everyone. This is really exciting. This is so exciting. So we are going to be participating in the USC Own It event. It's this amazing event that they put on every year um, for the women of USC, students and non-students. It's this big, empowering event. Um, they have amazing speakers. I mean, the Foster, Foster sisters, sisters and, and Laverne Cox, Cox are the headline. Headliners. Headliners. I think that's what you call them. If no. we meet them, no. I will literally keynote. Oh, keynote speakers. <laughs> keynote speakers. Own it is the new Coachella <laughs> and the Foster <laughs> Sisters are the headliners. Oh, my God. Um, no, but we are going to be one of the vendors there during their little marketplace lunch meetup. And we have the most the best gift bags. gift bags. I mean, these are, people are going to be groveling for these I agree. I mean I want one yeah we might have to steal one I might one. have to steal one anyways we only have 500 and there's 1200 people attending so, so first come first serve first come baby. first serve also I think there's still tickets available so we'll we'll do another story where we can do the swipe up because you guys should come it's this it is going to be like an, amazing an amazing event. conference um so our gift bags include coupons from outdoor voices love aj there's kopari samples in there we have crude uh coupons and bloom coupons yeah the, like mean, all of our favorite brands 
my we God. literally have three huge boxes from Kopari's like on our doorstep right now. So get ready. Get ready. Also, okay sis stickers. Oh I mean, yes. The first okay sis merch. The first okay sis merch. Oh my god. That's really exciting. That is so exciting. I'm gonna put it on my phone. Of course. You have to. Okay, I will. Um yeah, so so come to the conference buy a first ticket. of all. I think it's only like thirty bucks. It's come say to, hi, come really chill with us. So Come see us. Come see us. We're super excited. We're going to be getting a bottle of wine on Friday night and assembling 500 gift bags. Yeah. We'll just get, we'll be drunk gift bagging. And then we'll be hungover at the event. It'll be great. Yes. (laughs) Yikes. Okay, guys. So we are doing something new and we are so excited to introduce it to you. Every other Thursday, we're going to be doing solo episodes called Fix Me Up, where we delve into a mutual current fixation or moment or fascination that we feel needs more analytical attention and that we'd like to examine from various points or angles. Yeah, so to kickstart this new segment, our first Fix Me Up will be all about the social implications and ideological influence of ABC's The Bachelor, which is obviously incredibly fitting given that Colton season premiered on Monday and we just talked about it. But as you know, and as we mentioned, Scout and I are bachelor connoisseurs. Basically. The franchise continues to fascinate and bewilder us, and it's undoubtable magnitude and influence is worth analyzing and regardless of if you watch the bachelor or not it's obviously been a huge impact on our society and there's a lot of things that we can unpack yeah there's a lot unpack about it so let's get into it so first we're going to start with the gender politics so sure there's a little bit of a conversation to be had about um, how The Bachelor sort of perpetuates outdated gender roles. Right. So the show is centered around, you know, traditional courtship. There's a group of women that are positioned to fawn over and compete for one man's attention and love. And then usually the man that's chosen for The Bachelor is historically this all-American, machismo-esque stereotype. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then I have like a question about that. So. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the term that I just used saying outdated gender roles Mm -hmm. because I think that the gender role, just because it's a societal norm doesn't mean that it's incorrect or that it shouldn't exist in itself. So there's just that it's that those roles are shifting and are molding and they're Mm -hmm. different now. And it seems that the formula of the bachelor um, neglects that and does not conform and it seems like the bachelor's one step behind, whereas society seems to be progressing. But like, a what do forward. you want them to do? Like, no, make I'm it bisexual? Just... You know what I mean? Like, what? How, how do you how do you update those gender roles in a very precise format? I don't know. They have to do some brainstorming sessions. This is ABC. Yeah, I guess it's you're right. just way there. And people have mentioned this. It's very stuck in their ways. There's a very clear pathway for each successful yeah. formula that goes with the bachelor Mm -hmm. and it has not wavered Mm -hmm. and there is no room for any for anyone to break that mold Mm -hmm. and um there's this article there was this article at um on this website called the conversation and they say this pattern of male leadership and female passivity in heterosexual romance is woven into the formula of the bachelor he makes the first moves while the women wait passively for attention dates and a rose but, but that's not necessarily the question, true. The question is, is waiting for a rose different from, let's say, waiting for a marriage proposal in real life? You know how we still ascribe to that. Women are wanting to, wanting the men still to propose to them. And they're the ones kind of waiting on the, of course, you discuss it before, but it is well, kind I think of the same. Yeah, I can totally parallel. see those parallels. But I think also the conversation around engagement is also changing. Like my husband and I went through the engagement process together we picked out a ring together we did our research together we talked about timelines together I pushed him probably a little bit too hard but um (laughs) like I was waiting for a proposal but it was something that we worked on together right yeah and some people you know would say okay the bachelorette is Is the very empowering sure um it should be looked at in a very different lens yes I agree so it's the typical role reversal. Obviously, the woman is considered to be assertive and in control, mm-hmm. um, whereas the men are kind of expected to be more passive. They they don't have the control over the woman in, in any 
type of scenario, Mm -hmm. which is an unnatural state for them. So it is very different. Mm -hmm. Whereas with The Bachelor, that's the traditional role. The men empower the woman. And then fawning over. And then in Bachelorette, it is flipped on its head. Which is, I think, is awesome. It's awesome, but... But then it kind of goes away after the bachelorette is done. It, Maybe that's a, that's up to the couple. I think. Yeah, but it just seems that's very much up to the couple, and I think that differs for each couple. I think the only problem with the role reversal situation is that the women, the bachelorettes, are still seen from a very scrutiny eye. So, for right. example, when Caitlin was the bachelorette, she there's slept, a huge double standard. There was a huge double standard. She slept with um, one of the men a little bit early. Two. Well, she slept with two men. She slept with two men, and it was very public knowledge mm-hmm. that she slept with these two men, and people were slut shaming her a lot when the men probably sleep with all three of the women at the fantasy suites Mm -hmm. um yes they do so that's why and people were slut shaming caitlin like crazy long time yeah they really were mike fleiss the creator of the bachelor essentially exiled her from batch nation Mm -hmm. he really was not um he was not approving of her behavior it just sucked like she why was it seen that way? And it was so yeah because the men sleep with at least three women every every like, season. I feel like they're all fucking each other. Like I just, I feel like Chris Harrison's in there. Like I don't. <laughs> like, it just no okay. Way. I always wonder that. I'm always like, how much does Chris, Chris Harrison, Harrison get? Like, does he sleep with the women? I mean, he has to. No, but I don't think he does because in the wake of our current times and the sexual harassment suits that are coming out, yeah. something would have come out against him already. Right, yeah. That's why and I think he does it. pretty revered and, and like, reveled. He, reveled? Is that a word? It, like, he seems to be... Um, he seems to have a good reputation. That's what I meant. Yeah. Reputable. Um, I mean, oh, that, that montage that they did know, on that was Monday. So cute. It was so cute. I've never seen him in the first episode. I love that. I know, that. it's so he cute. He looks so young. I know. Oh, my God. Wow. Can we talk about how The Bachelor's been around since, what was it, 2002? 17 years. 17 years. That's crazy. And they have managed is... to garner the largest audience in how, America. How many seasons do you think he's going to keep doing? I think he's going to go till the end. I think he's what? going to keep going. till the end? Until batch the end of Batch. Is, batch will never end. Okay, so I want to pose a question to you. Okay, let's hear it. As feminists, why do we enjoy watching The Bachelor? Okay, so this- and can we be both a feminist and a supporter of the series? Okay, so that's a question that I've really been kind of mulling over a little bit. Vogue did a really great article. Really um, good. On Everyone this. should... Go read it. Asking, like, why are astrophysicists and people with PhDs oh. tuning into Bachelor right, every yeah. single week? And you know what? I think there are a lot of contradictions involved if you're a feminist and a member of Batch Nation. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, on Caitlyn's season, they pegged Caitlyn and Britt against one another and had the men, like, vote for who they wanted to. Like, they were, like, choosing a different like, restaurant or like something. Cattle. Yeah, exactly, which was really uncool. But we still watched that it. That was the worst. That was the worst. Oh, I forgot um, about that. So I don't know. I think that's a really... Un- I don't think that question has been successfully answered yet. It I hasn't. Think. Yeah. I mean, if you really dive, like, uh, just to say that it's a guilty pleasure surface level and that we want to dive a little deeper into that, I think it's, I think it's an over-dramatized reflection of women's past dating lives. Like, mm-hmm. we haven't really had these experiences, but many women have had experiences dating the douchey guy and, like, going for the bad boy and, and kind of having that, like, doting over, or you know, that, that, that train mm-hmm. of of incorrect men and suitors or whatever. And so it's a little nostalgic maybe and, well, and cringy th- in that way. And it's, and it's entertaining because you're like, Oh my God, I remember this type of dynamic. Yeah. And I think also there's like a big audience with single women. Um, yes, I it think definitely taps into a vulnerable spot. It taps into a vulnerable spot for single women. Why I am married and continue watching the show, I have no idea. I think it is the most addicting show mm-hmm. out there. Like, I cannot stop watching it. It's also it. the following. Obviously, you feel a FOMO. You want to be a part of this community, the Batch Nation. I think they do a really good job mm-hmm. of making you feel like you are a part of or you're, like, in the know. Um, and they're just really good at stringing you along. I mean, they keep everyone in the franchise and in the series like with the perpetuation of 
batch uh, paradise well, and things like that like people are continuing on and you are with them throughout the ride I think what it they, it's not just like one season done yeah that. i think that what they did that was so brilliant is that they picked the bachelor or the bachelorette from the previous season meaning you already had a relationship yeah. with this person you've already developed yeah. whatever you feelings feel you kinship. have attached you feel like you know them right and you saw them get their heart broken and you feel bad for them like when becca got her heart broken we all felt so terrible for her so that when she was named the bachelorette we were like we have to root for becca we have to watch becca season. i was not excited about that but anyways um, okay. um i want to just point out roxanne gay have you ever read bad, bad feminist no unbelievable must read uh, okay sis like requirement require, Got requirement it. it's on my list yeah uh okay sis syllabus okay yeah bad feminist roxanne gay she says the real shame of the bachelor and the bachelorette is that they know where we are most tender and they aim right for that place so where feminists can still be suckers for fairy tales mm-hmm. and romance mm-hmm. and this fantasy that they're putting together. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what it is. They're trying to make this fantasy romance. And we root for them. Yeah. Once they leave, like every time a batch couple breaks up, I'm like literally left heartbroken. Like when Sean and Caitlin broke up, I'm still not over that. Well, that was deep. That was deep, I mean, man. if we think like... We've been watching them for years. If we think like Lauren and... Ben, were you really that sad? About I was that? a little upset because I felt bad for Ben. Yeah, I was. I feel like he like really deserved a, like I to know, have a really great sweetest. relationship. I'm Not that she doesn't; she's amazing and beautiful and I'm amazing so, too. But I'm he was like, I'm surprised he hasn't dated anyone yet. I'm surprised he hasn't. Yeah, I mean, he is like the total catch. He's such a. Maybe we, there's something we don't know. Maybe he's really difficult to live with. Maybe. I don't know. Because Did you he, watch their No, I didn't watch their spin-off. It was, it was trash. It was absolute trash. No, yeah, I didn't watch it. They There was one episode where they were trying to change a toilet. Oh, okay. Lauren and the twins were literally, like, they didn't call someone to come do it for them. They, they bought a toilet and were installing it themselves. Oh, my God. And that was an episode. Oh, my God. That sounds terrible. Trash. Um. Trash. I want to talk. Um, oh, but I uh, I also want to bring. Oh, sorry. Go. Well, I want to talk a little bit about how they create such a controlled environment for these people. So um, right. something I thought was really interesting on this Psychology Today article is they talk about the exit excitation is that how you pronounce that word excitation transfer theory Mm. um and it basically means that when you get aroused by anything whether it be bungee jumping roller coastering or even jogging on a treadmill your heart rate goes up and in the presence of an attractive person you are likely to misattribute your general level of excitement to excitement caused by the attractive person's presence yeah i mean and that is literally what What they do for every day they Mm -hmm. put them on an exhilarating experience place them in close quarters together and then the woman or the man depending on if it's the bachelor or the bachelorette misinterprets what they're feeling, feeling. and associates it to love yeah it's which a is f- crazy it's a false p- manufactured feeling of love yeah yeah um yeah fucked up or not don't know a little bit it's like they're animals and it's also okay so i went to sarah lawrence college and there is 30 percent the the of the student body is male. Half of that 30% are gay. So there's a 15% (laughs) straight male population at Sarah Lawrence. I have never seen women acting so desperate at parties because it was four girls to every one guy. And you had to fight if you wanted to hook up with some guy. You had to to duel it out, man. That is so such a rarity. And that's exactly what happens on Mm -hmm. Batch. Yeah. There's only it one, is. and you have to fight amongst other yeah. possible potential suitors. And when there is a scarcity, your love the level of demand goes up, right. and you want it more. So anything that's exclusive and has a level of scarcity to it, people are going to generally be drawn to it much more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now let's talk about the degree of sincerity. Okay. Of of the series, so. Have you watched Unreal? Yes. Not, I've, not, I think. I watched a few episodes and I just couldn't do it. I think it. I've seen like I two, I think scared. I've seen two seasons. Yeah. So it got, it's I mean, based, it's a little much. It's a little much. I, th- I think it's, it's highly it's exaggerated for sure. I mean, they kill people on that show. Yeah. 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 It's too dramatic. I mean, it's too much, but it's based on Sarah Gertrude Shapiro's experience of being a U.S. bachelor producer mm-hmm. and it exposes that. You know, there is a lot of manipulation that occurs throughout the filming of The Bachelor. And obviously there's a need 
for a plot line and continuity throughout the season so that the end result is ultimately entertaining. But how much manufacturing of drama is too much? Like, uh, Caitlin, so on Off the Vine and many podcasts that she goes on, she's super open because I think she's, like, off contract and, like, super transparent about about the process. Mm-hmm. And she said that – she said the producers told her she didn't want Ben to to leave – uh, he was th- he was uh, the third, mm-hmm. and she wanted to keep him instead of Nick to be runner up. And they said, "No, you need him to go. You need to kick him off so that he can be back." Yeah, no, I'm sure they do that. And like, but they always. So what? Why every time we get to like the fifth episode, people are like, "Why hasn't the person knocked this person out of the game yet?" Because they're like of causing so much drama. Because the producers make them keep them. Of course, but when it gets to the point where it's three and they're telling yeah, they should you, back off. And they're telling you, no, you have to let him go. Like, what if Ben could have been? Yeah, but maybe deep down she knew that he wasn't going to be the one. So might as well let him off so he could be the bachelor. I mean, that's great. You know what I mean? No, but she, I mean, she, she mentioned that there was so, she said there was so much manipulation when I was the bachelorette. They make you believe things and plant seeds in your head. And when you watch it back, you're like, oh my God. Uh, they were they were just making all that up mm-hmm. or they were not telling me the full story mm-hmm. and you think that these people are your best friends because the ba- the producers really become everyone's best friend mm-hmm. and they're completely manipulative but they all have such a good relationship with that one guy i don't know his name i only know his instagram handle with the, the year, big hair. Of, year of elon yeah yeah elon. they all seem to like love him and I they think, always think he's done him. yeah he's done yeah I think this um, that was his last No, they love season. him, but I'm sure he obviously does the same thing. And if any if it's like anything like Unreal, each one of them are compensated for a storyline that mm-hmm. they plant. And See, I don't know how true that is. That yeah. we'll never really know. Because Unreal exaggerates a lot. People have said that it and other producers have confirmed that it is to a scary degree accurate. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they haven't made anyone do anything, like, terrible. But you would think that a lot more... I mean, a lot of of Bachelor people have come out and said that it's fabricated, but... um, Well, that's... think that more would would do... Would tell us, like, it's... They don't, like, tell them exactly what to say. No, no. They just kind of egg them on a little bit. They egg them on, and they ask... I mean, that's a reality television show. You're signing up for it. Yeah, you know what you're... You know what you're doing. Did you drink too much? You drank too much. (laughs) If you fucking interrupt... Colton four times. You interrupted Colton but four it's, times. It's so funny because it's interesting what they choose to edit in and out or what they choose to notice because Rachel Lindsay was actually on a podcast and she mentioned that there was this one night where she just hadn't eaten a lot and they just it was a hot day or whatever and she hadn't slept and and she for some reason just had like one drink but it, it was just you know one of those days where mm. everything wasn't lining up and she got blackout like actual blackout and um the girls were like putting water in her face like and they she said like they could have easily followed me into the into the bathroom i was throwing up they i was i needed water on my face i literally was black i don't remember the rose ceremony i was standing there like this like i don't remember one thing when i watch it back i was glass eyed wow. whatever and she's like they could have taken full advantage of me but for some reason maybe they knew she was going to be the next batch or something they just didn't follow through with that story but that could have been turned into something huge into something huge so you never know they are really seeking certain people out they're very but calculated that's something about that it. you sign up for i know but what i'm saying is it's very interesting that they they chose to neglect to uh yeah. neglect that why was i saying neglect what am i the word no, that's right avoid word. No, neglect's the right word. Okay. They're trying to, yeah, it's very interesting. That is interesting. I yeah. don't know. I think that they, but they also have really um, predictable storylines. So pretty much the entire season goes according to plan every single season. Like mm-hmm. the villain gets cut off like right at the same time every time. Right. The drama escalates right at the same time every time. So I also have a lot of uh, thoughts on this. The editing ethics and the creation of the villain. So, yeah, this is a good one. You know, obviously there needs to be a villain, needs to be a plot, of course. But there have been villains in the past that really were not aware that they were villains during the filming mm-hmm. and during production. And, and that could be a shock. And with, you know, the world of social media and the the trolls and 
you know, the negative influence of, of being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, um, it could be completely damaging. So for instance, Olivia Caridi, 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 um, from Ben's season, from Ben's season, she has been, she has proven to the world that she is a lovely human being. She is a lovely human being. Her podcast is so dope and she is so sweet and she is very open about this and that how her edit was far worse like she said that she was just being silly with the producers if you took out the the crazy music behind her and the like scary music that they put she was just being silly with them they had literally asked her to say something and then they twisted the words and put it in another context and that is not okay yes but on the flip side of that all of the villains all of the girls in the house or all the guys in the house always hate the villain. So that's not an edit. Yeah. That's that many or, people. That's the, that many people reacting to one or person. Or it's the producers telling the other girls like, oh my God, that like Olivia did this and da, 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 what do you think? And then they'll be like, oh yeah, I heard. There could but a be lot something of it, else a lot of it on. is, yeah, you're right. But, but to an extent you have to take ownership of what you did during those Sure. Weeks. I don't know. I just think that I think that Olivia was definitely egged on a lot. I think the producers told her things like Ben really likes you and he's been telling us how much he likes you. And you're like the front runner. I think they definitely did that. But I think to an extent you have to own your like you have to own your actions a little bit. Like she did say all of these girls are doing nothing and I'm just reading or whatever that quote she had that like made the girls sound stupid. Oh, I don't know. I just. I think we need some justice for the villains and we also need to not be there's this also like people's lives and it's so easy for trolls and they're literally making a perfect situation for people to shit on on, other people on a person and it's and with the, the the gravity of Batch Nation, that can destroy someone. Oh, for sure. Like, um, for instance, um, Crystal, before Paradise, remember she was the villain mm-hmm. and people shat on her. Olivia actually reached out to her and was like, hey, I know what's going, like, yeah. how you feel right now. I just, I don't know. It's really No, it's super unfortunate, unfortunate for sure. If you but- become that girl. And like, yes, it's a certain personality and you know what you're doing, but also like, you probably didn't sign up to be that person unless you're actually seeking that attention in that role. But I don't think Olivia or Crystal or um, Corinne were, were were going on to be like, I'm going to be the villain. Well, Corinne, people were just threatened by her. <laughs> she's great. Because she's amazing and beautiful and sexy and was like putting herself oh out there. Corinne was dope. Remember when I keep saying dope? Yeah, is that like um, your new word? I know. I feel like I'm like Bella Hadid whenever I say it. Yeah, don't say that word anymore. Um but she, um, Corinne, what was I about to say about Corinne? How amazing she is. Yeah. Well, she's actually really hilarious. Yeah. She got really far, though. That was like the first yeah, time the Nick villain got like, that far. Who is this specimen? Who is this specimen? She's so silly. Yeah, she's super silly. Anyways, um, okay. Let's talk about the lack of diversity on The Bachelor. Okay, so there is one. <laughs> I think they're really trying to up it a Are little bit. They? Yeah, How? but then the Asian and a black girl went home the first episode. So that was the first Asian person I've ever, ever seen, seen on the franchise. I can't believe they let him let him take uh, let, let, her, let, her, let her let her go. Yeah, let her go. I was shocked when I saw that. Not even there's never even been an Asian contestant. Yeah. Or, well, no. Uh, well, what's his name? The guy who did the um oh Ben the Mo John Ben Mo John saw him in San Francisco at a bar. You did. That's yes. right. Oh my god, he was. He knew he was hot shit. Oh, yeah. He yeah. got such an ego after Paradise. Yeah. Oh, He Benmo was getting John. with all the girls. Oh, Benmo John. No, um, no, yeah. I'm talking like full Asian, not half. I, I think he's half. I don't know. Whatever. But they're real. Obviously, there is a doubt. Undoubt- we did people, just have uh, the first better, black diversity. bachelorette, but we probably won't have another black bachelor for like five years. Yeah, because ABC, you just can't do it. I know. It's really <sighs> upsetting. It's very upsetting. It's moral licensing at its finest. And I mean, everyone is so skinny on that show. Yeah. Everyone it, the, is so the, skinny. The body um, image is not not, not great. great. Not yeah. great at all. It's very, And that kind of goes back to the gender roles and the politics there is that every woman is expected to appear like a Barbie and mm-hmm. like a made up 
beauty pageant. It's just unrealistic and it's not attainable. And that's, I mean, that's not diverse. Also, like, real quick, random side note, they have to pack up their shit every week just Mm. in case they go home. Every day. Like, all the time, they have to have their shit packed. That's crazy. Where do they keep all these ball gowns? I have no idea. Like, they must have, like, a showroom or something. Also, they have to do their own hair and makeup. We I would, know. We would fail. The we'd first, be the ugliest yeah, we people, would be the ugliest on, the people on the show. We can't do... We need dry bar. We need dry bar. This, I would not be able to survive. This curly ma- frizz ball <laughs> Jufro. <laughs> no, you know where I would not survive? Paradise. Oh, that I humidity would, never, would be never, done. Never, people have said that like they did. They just like stopped trying because they would melt off their face. I'm like, okay, great. There's no way I'm going to paradise. I would never go to paradise. No, they have to sleep outside. There's no air conditioning. No, I would you know, not. The only air conditioning is in the sex room, so that's why people will always have sex. Ew, but do they change the sheets in between each person? Probably not. Ugh. I think people are too drunk to care. Oh my god, no, because now they don't. They're not allowed to get drunk on Bachelor in Paradise. They're allowed. They have a two they, drink. They have like a two drink. One like drink an hour. One drink an hour. Which like, okay, if you're drinking for seven hours, I feel like you're going to get drunk. Yeah. But what if you only want to drink a night? You're never going to get drunk. Yeah. That's why this, this paradise, no one was drunk. I think they also cut down the, I think that's why they were giving out tea. I know because they're probably cutting <laughs> why down the alcohol. Why was there tea? I you're right. Like, no where? one got wasted. There's always one person One girl that's that like wasted. in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. That did not happen this also, time. Also, way too many, um pre-planned experiences so oh i agree i agree the symphony the salmon in the water yeah i agree no like too many yeah it was too much too many um i loved uh heather g's little box thing that was really cute with the butterflies no that was cassie oh sorry heather g was the one with it was like no underwear oh i thought that was weird exercise was so awkward yeah he seemed way too nervous to the point where it was getting old well i think that no i think that he's genuinely like like a nervous nervous guy because i don't think i think that he doesn't realize like how good looking he is i think he's a little bit insecure because he grew up he said he grew up as the chubby kid yeah i mean he's really owning we haven't even talked to i mean i'm glad we haven't even talked about the virginity of it all i mean it's way i uh, it's too much i'm over it it. it's 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 making it a bigger deal than it is, and it's going to be the through line throughout throughout the season. Especially when it gets to fantasy suites, they're going to have to touch on that. Of course, I mean, of course. I wonder if he'll just fuck it and have sex with all, all three. three. Of them. Hell yeah, no, Colton. hell yeah, that would be amazing. Oh, he won't. Do I would that. give him so he, many props. He won't do that. <laughs> he will not do that. Okay, well. Um, or or he'll he'll lose his virginity to one and then be like shit. I want to pick the other. Shit, person. I want to like see what else is happening. Oh my god. Yeah. What if he or gets he like just, the bug and he's like, I or he fuck just everyone. like has sex for every and like the promo was so annoying where they're just like, oh, it's like so sexy. Like I, there was like a sex like section yeah, of the yeah, whole yeah. promo. Um, it's gonna be it's too a much storyline. But you know what? He thing. seems really calm and collected about it and comfortable in it he like he's really owning it and he's not like one he's not ashamed of it obviously because he's very vulnerable and shared that with everyone but um but you know what i do you think it's fake no i think he's a virgin i don't think so you don't think so no because raven you know how her whole shtick was like she had never had an orgasm mm-hmm. that was not true Oh, was so it? So she was off contract and she was on the morning toast and they were like, have you really never had an orgasm? And she looked at her PR. She's like, am I off contract? And they were like, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, no, of course I have. They just told me to say that and I thought it would be funny. Oh, my God. Like that was completely fake. And then the next day she's there like, okay, now to say like you had your first orgasm. And she's like, okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was all fake. Oh, that's so upsetting. Yeah, so that's why I think the virgin thing is was something they told him to say in Becca's. To get some sort of well, empathy. Time will tell. Well, he will never no, it'll tell come the out. truth, but well, it'll come out left or right. Left or right. <laughs> Somehow. Um, okay, so the last big umbrella I wanna touch on is the shift of contestant motives. Okay. So I think it's always been fabricated mm-hmm. the show to an extent. Mm-hmm. But it seems as though the contestants would historically go on the show to actually find and fall in love like that was the motive it wasn't really about fame back then 
um, especially for the contestants at least. And it wasn't about it wasn't about the the sparkle of it all. And I don't know. Well, now we live in an Instagram so world. Now we, so now there's def as everyone knows, there's definitely there was a, a shift. There wasn't social media. There in wasn't social media, and there's definitely been a shift and. It's harder to pinpoint if people, quote unquote, are there for the right reasons. But, like, they see the profit and the fame potential Mm -hmm. from previous seasons. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to just decipher who is. I think people 100% go on for the experience. Okay. To be a part of Batch Nation in the way right, that's yeah. very exclusive. It's a very exclusive yeah. club who gets to go and to the Bachelor. It's fun. It's like a cool it's looks crew like to hang hell, out with. Yeah. It, I would not agree with that. It looks like pure hell. Oh my God. I would love it. You're like sitting in a house by yourself. Oh, for a oh, week. oh, no. I would never go on the on the bachelor oh. i'm saying like the aftermath like going to all the parties and like oh, being yeah, able no, to hang out with dean i feel like dean is just ever present in dean. <laughs> he is he is the batch omnipresence he is I, uh, him and becca went on like the today show yesterday to comment on colton i'm like get out of here like you got your thoughts don't matter on this dean was like such a runner-up on any everyone's mind and he just and then he fucked, fucked it, it up, up on paradise <gasps> Oh, he was such a fuckboy. Yeah, he was. He was such also like twenty one. No, remember he's his, not remember his dad. Oh, that was sad. That was really strange. That was really sad. That was one of the more stranger um, yeah. hometowns. Except when if we go to uh, that girl whose mom is in federal prison. Oh yeah, that one looks quite interesting. What if they go to hometown to the well, prison? Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, but there's no dispute. Obviously. There is a, an appeal to mm. being a contestant on The Bachelor. Oh, for sure, you there's a, huge payoffs. You got, there, there's huge payoffs. You could re, you could have a career after the show, and if you make a name for yourself, you could be selling FabFitFun. Ashley has done a very good job. She's now like a host. Are you she, talking about Ashley? I yes, you love. her. I know I love her. Um, she's super annoying, her, but I she's saw super her amazing. On third, and she looked. Um, she was like all made up, like made up to the nines. She's always made up. And I was like, girl, we are at Jones on third. She's Tone always made up. Also, Jones on third is where bachelor people roam. Nick Vile, he must, he must be my neighbor because he is at Jones on third every day. Have you seen Nick Vile? I haven't seen him, but every, every one of my roommates, everyone sees him at Jones on third. He goes in the middle of the day. So like, I'm not, I'm not there in the middle of the day, okay, but well, we need to go in the middle he, of the day. So I went, I, I was going there to get, you know. My dinner, and the the people behind the counter were talking, and I was, and they're just like, "Oh, sorry, uh, do you watch The Bachelor?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." And they said Nick comes in every day, and he is the rudest person. <gasps> we we literally hate when he comes in. You know, he, uh, he sits, he orders and sits down, and you know they bring if you're, you're eating there, they bring the food to you. And some people, you know, even if you're you would at least acknowledge the person giving mm-hmm. you your food. Of course, you would say thank you. But even if you don't, like, even a nod or a look, he completely ignores everyone. He doesn't tip. He's so rude. Actually, I made up that part. I don't know if he tips. But <laughs> he's so rude. They they were telling me this. The people behind the counter, oh they're, like, they're like, we get a lot of celebrities in here. Everyone is so lovely. And he does not. And I told, I'm like, he does not deserve to be that rude to you guys that's they're crazy. like no we don't think so either <laughs> like we're so confused that's crazy yeah so i mean i've never been a big fan of nick yeah me either yeah yeah he, he, and he's also a thirst monster did you see the post he his instagram Mm-mm. for colton it was a photo of him blake and jason with their shirts off and oh like yeah packs. i saw that and then it was like couldn't find a, a good photo of you Br- colton so i posted this one instead Good luck tonight. That's weird. And Colton's not even in the photo. That's weird. He just wanted to show off his abs. abs. Yeah, he always does that, though. Also, those looked fa- uh, face-tuned. Can you face-tune abs? Can you no, add on abs? No, you cannot face-tune abs. He added on some layer He might have put on some makeup. You can you can airbrush that was it. abs into it. That was it. Um, okay, I want to talk about competition a little bit, because that's something okay. that we haven't really delved on. Like, the female competition and the intentional pitting women against one another for the approval of a man. Mm-hmm. Um, is this goes against the stereotype of female passivity that is traditionally presented in heterosexual relationships and shows masculine qualities among the women, mm-hmm. but is welcomed with derision on this show. 
Um, I think this one's really interesting because these women, it's kind of like a dichotomy because one, these women are each other's enemies, but two, incredible friendships form out of The Bachelor. Yeah. There's so definitely, it's weird. There's definitely a dichotomy and yeah, it's, and again, I think it, it goes, it all centers around the villain and who is deemed that character. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's this. It's this culture of competition that's that's kind of cultivated in, in the in the whole series. But it is it is going back to the gender politics. There is that double standard, you know, when the group of men are competing, you know, com- it's just competition like, it's just like is, bro is competition. Exactly. And then when the women are more competitive in that like masculine pettiness side, it it it's just not something yeah, that so I like this excerpt that we pulled from an article from the conversation from 2016. It says, the competitive desire to be the sexiest woman in the room, or in the case of The Bachelor at the Mansion, might win the admiration of the single man, but women undermine themselves by trying to fulfill chauvinistic fantasies. And right, I thought so that in was turn, they become like misogynistic because they place such high value on appearance and complacency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's just so, it's so much about about appearance and um actually i did want to talk one thing we also didn't mention we didn't uh, touch upon yet is um how how the bachelor and bachelorette see things differently when they're looking out into the group of either women or men so if any uh, another article from the conversation in 2017 says if anything this reversal perhaps highlights the differences in the qualities that men and women tend to prefer in a partner research suggests that among heterosexuals women are more likely to prefer male partners with status and resources men however place much higher value on physical attractiveness in their female partners if women feel that the bachelor trivializes them and overemphasizes their appearance it's probably because that's what the bachelor is looking for the bachelor and the bachelorette might just reflect differences in men's and women's mate preferences and why these reverse scenarios aren't really the same. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, so, and it kind of brings me back to why, you know, there is that woman intuition. Um, Every, I think for the past six bachelorettes, the first impression Rose was the person that won. Yeah, I think it's four. I don't think it's six. I think Becca, JoJo. Caitlin. There was someone before that. I think it's Rachel. Rachel. Caitlin. Yeah, four. Four. The past four. Um and then and the men are usually their gut reaction is, is lust. Hot. Yeah. yeah. Although Colton didn't I don't think he came from a place of lust. Um, okay. What did she say to him? She was just like know. I'm nervous. Let's breathe. I don't know. It she was, was like cute. a little mouth. She's so cute. I love her. Wait, that was not gut. He, he's going to watch. Cassie's going to win, and it's not going to be first impression, Rose. He okay, just, like, we'll really wanted to kiss her. Also, like, oof, that kiss did not look cute. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember it. Oh, I was watching. I was like, I was, I was a little wincing. I don't know. You know the first woman that he, the woman that he kissed? I was surprised that he was super into her. Yeah. Miss North Dakota, Miss, Miss North Carolina. North Carolina. Who lives in Virginia. Oh, didn't know you could be uh, Miss North Carolina if you live in Virginia. Well, but it's probably a there while you ago. go. Um, that was interesting though. The girl that uh, they were in a co- competition together. Oh, I know. The Miss, yeah. uh, I don't remember which one, but they and the other girl like had one or out or something. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that's probably gonna be a storyline at one point. What other people never been kissed? That one girl. Oh yeah, I don't weird know about that one. Weird, and how they're wearing, wearing the same dress. Yeah, that was kind of cute though. I'm surprised they don't. I don't. I'm surprised they don't. Yeah, where was the wardrobe? Yeah, I'm highly shocked that they don't vet. That's what I'm saying. They bring all of their own stuff. Own stuff. That's surprising to me. At least on night one. Yeah, they should. They should have have figured hair and makeup and wardrobe styling for sure. I'm surprised about um, the second girl he kissed. I don't remember. She was the black girl. Oh, yeah, she's beautiful. She's beautiful, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I That t- t- took me off guard. He, he just pounces. Yeah, he pounces. He's, like, ready. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah. He is ready she's to lose his virginity. Girl. He's ready I, to lose his virginity. Okay, so I saw him at the Grove. He looked absolutely miserable. Uh, I felt so bad for him. Maybe he, he doesn't doing end promo. up with anyone. Huh? Maybe he doesn't end up with well, anyone. Well, the girl... Okay, so he was doing promo at the Grove, and I was like, this is 
oh god buddy this is not where you want to be i just I, you, I could see he was pained in his eyes he was just like this sucks like Aww. i don't know so there was a whole line of women wrapped around the grove waiting to take photos with him with with roses you know just like typical and these girls like came in to take a photo with him and and they're like how did it go did it go, did it go well and he's like yeah like, it was so oh my god cringy. Oh, this poor guy. He's probably so sick. But he has. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't know that this is a thing, but he hasn't confirmed. Like usually they before say, they, they say if they are engaged. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe he's not, maybe it didn't work, which would be the first time in history. No, it happened before. Really? It did. Yeah. It was before we watched um, oh. a guy didn't propose to either. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know that. I think it was like two before Caitlin. Oh wow. Interesting. Yeah. When did you start? I started on Crystal season. So that was before Caitlyn. That was the that one was Caitlin the one that Caitlyn was on. Yeah, right. And Ashley I. Yes. Yeah. She was incredible. Oh my god! <laughs> Talk oh my about god. TV. We need a montage of Ashley crying. I think that's probably exists on YouTube. We'll look it up after the show. Also, we have to talk about spinoffs and the just mastery. Of Bachelor in Paradise, of the of the, of the of the way they've been able to kind of trail off and branch out and still keep us motivated. I mean, we are all let's be real. We're all watching Batch and Bachelorette for Paradise. It is yeah. pure solid gold. Paradise is amazing. It's it one of my un- favorites. Did you watch Winter Games? No, I didn't watch the Winter Games me either. That seemed a little bit too much it looked- to me. Trash. Look, look really yeah, it looked really dumb. But Bachelor in Paradise is amazing. And that's where like the big stars come out of them. It's just like people can go on the bachelor. It's so sloppy. Actually, no, but this past season was not that sloppy. It was very you know what it was? It was um it really kept us on our toes. Yeah. And a lot of people made comebacks. I was upset that Caroline didn't make as big of a comeback because I think she's beautiful and so sweet. Let's get her on the pod. I want to get her. Oh my God. She's so pretty. And she's just like sweetest. Yeah. She was kind of, her personality was kind of weird though. Well, she she wasn't able to, she was so awkward, awkward. but that was so And there was no guys left. Like it was really, yeah, she got a shit end of the stick. Yeah. That's what's hard about coming in later. I would, I would not do paradise if that was, if I was coming in halfway. There's no way. Yeah. You're going to go home the first night. Yeah. It's really hard. Or um, you might like make some girl. But remember really upset when like Astrid someone? and Kevin? Kevin was that? Yeah, Kevin. When they like bro- when he like broke up with her? I know that was terrible. I could not believe what I was watching. I know that was so. But sad. they were better for par- like they were better than Paradise. You know yeah, what I mean? Like they, they were. were they were above it, and he was like, "I'm not gonna like propose to you at Paradise." Yeah, you know. So I kind of and they made up, and now they're together, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, and then remember, um, um, that one girl with the foreign guy and then he breaks up with her on after the final rose no i don't remember that yes you do okay well i don't know his name oh my gosh oh i do know what you're talking about yeah. benoit benoit no it's not no him. no no, it's no, no, him. It's no, no, no. Him. i don't know next thank you next thank you next <laughs> annalise annalise that's right oh that was terrible i don't remember his name bye he's that gone. was terrible that, was that poor woman my heart was just fuck him like she went through five guys on paradise she fell in love like one after the other and this guy oh my God, i was listening to again another podcast with her she went on olivia's oh, right cool. after and she went through the whole thing and she said she was trying to break up with him for the longest time. And he was like, no, like we need to make this work. Like I'm going to move to New York. Da, da, da. And they went to LA and I, I, she had even said to him, like, don't you dare break up with me on national television. Mm-hmm. Cause they had like been fighting or something. And like, she just had a feeling that he would like be the one to do something like that. And he was like, no, I would never like, why would I even want to put that? Why would I want that mm-hmm. state or like that perception? And he did it. Like, yeah, it made no terrible. sense. And she even went after her and was like, what the hell just happened? And he, mm. was, and he like, didn't, he had no explanation. Ugh, that's terrible. Yeah. The Bachelor produces terrible moments. The what? The Bachelor produces terrible moments. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's really heartbreaking. Like the Ari going and back to film the breakup. I know. That was really bad. But I really like Ari and Lauren together. I think they're yes. so cute. Yes. They're, they're like no, they're, made, yeah, for, they're each made other. for each other. It had to happen. It just didn't have to be. Well, they just televised. did that so that Becca would be rooted for for the Bachelorette. That was all. Of it was Ari's decision to mm-hmm. film it. 
um it was not the it was not the well maybe they told him if If you you film film this we'll give her the bachelorette title so he said okay for her i'll do that you don't know what goes on behind these closed doors that's what we're saying it's all craziness i don't know dude God, we could like sit I here for like hours and just I go and go and go. I would love to be a fly on the wall. To be a fly on the wall in those in that editing room. Can we go to a party at the mansion one day? I just want to see the mansion. Uh, they don't have parties at the mansion. Yeah, Becca Tilly launched her blog and she had a whole party at the mansion. At- yeah. Oh, it was really cool. I, um, I mean, we can just drive to Thousand Oaks and see it. Oh no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's too far. We don't go to the valley. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. okay. I'm so excited. This was our first Fix Me Up episode. I know. I hope you guys like this new segment of ours. Um, if you have some like current trends or things that you want us to comment on and into. deep dive, we are obviously open to any and all suggestions. But And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review Okay Says Podcast on Oh, iTunes yeah, girls. If you like us. Yeah, don't do it if you don't like us. Yeah, if you don't like us, just skip over that Just kind of walk away. Just walk away. Just slowly (laughs) walk walk away. away. What's the thing from uh, Madagascar? I've never seen that movie. What? No, It's like the penguins. They're like, walk away. I've never seen Madagascar. no. This is embarrassing. Okay. Um, Anyways, we love you, sisters. All right, we love you, sisters. Follow us on on OKC's podcast. Love you. Bye. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.